Hello, this is Pastor Galen from the First Nazarene Church in Chicago, and welcome to our podcast. Hey, before we hear the message today, I simply wanted to say that no matter where you're at, we're glad that you're listening today. We hope this message will inspire you, instruct you, and help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. And if you live in the Chicagoland area, maybe this is the first step for you joining us in person sometime. Or if you want to, you can always check out our online live services every Sunday on our website at firstnaz.cc. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the message. Well, good evening and welcome to First Nazarene and Merry Christmas. Can we say Merry Christmas yet? Is it, does it feel too early to you or is it, it's been culminating like, all right, we're going to go celebrate Christmas. It feels like Christmas. Merry Christmas. I don't know uh, where you're at with that tonight. I hope that you uh, have enjoyed this entire season leading up to Christmas and that your Christmas uh, celebration here tonight would be incredibly meaningful to you. I know for me, the one thing that always helps me get kind of in the Christmas frame of mind is the different Christmas traditions uh, that my family shares. And I'd love to ask you tonight, what is one of your favorite Christmas traditions? Uh, Maybe if you're like me, you grew up in a family where you would drive around and look at the lights or you would go to a park and see the lights. Anybody just here tonight, any of your families, you go to see the lights together? Yeah, some of you. Yeah, quite a bit of you. I love it. I grew up in a tiny town in Kansas, and we would like leave Grandma's house. Dad would be like, we're going to take the long way home and look at the lights. And I'm like, a long way home? This whole town is like two miles by two miles. A long way is like 10 minutes home. I'm like, Dad, do we really have to do this? And he'd be like, son, one day you're going to get older, and you're going to appreciate this. And then I got older, and I was like, I kind of like the lights. He was right. And now if, if you drove in, you, I don't know if my house lights were on already or the corner of the parking lot was lit up. And like, not to toot my own horn, but toot, 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 I think the trees look pretty good. Um, and now I have an appreciation for the Christmas lights. Uh, maybe a tradition for you. How many of you, raise your hand, and you bake something? Cinnamon rolls, cookies, pie, yeah, a lot of you. Feels like Christmas, smells like Christmas. Uh, just curious, how many, of you, how many of your parents let you open a gift early? Anybody? Yes, that's right. It was the beginning of our country not teaching delayed gratification, but it's fine, whatever. Uh, it was me too, our parents let us do that. Uh, how many of you uh, choose to go to a church service to celebrate Christmas, anybody? Yeah? Okay, if your arms stay folded, I can just tell you're not into being here tonight, and that's okay too, you know? <laughs> Glad you're here. I love Christmas time. I love receiving, I mean giving gifts to others. I love the music. I love the kind of cultural air where our society as a whole almost turns and shifts towards generosity. We think of others more during this time of the year than maybe we ever do. I love the Christmas story. Maybe some of you had a grandpa every year or a dad that would open up to Luke 2 and begin to read what seemed like when you were a kid a really, really long story. Most of you know this story, and it is long. I'm not going to take time and read the whole thing tonight. You have the angel coming to Mary. Mary, you will conceive and give birth to a son. You'll name him Jesus. The angel comes to Joseph and tells him 
the same. They travel to Bethlehem because that's where uh, Joseph's ancestral line is from. And while there, Jesus is born. The angel appears to the shepherds and they come and they worship Jesus. Later, the wise men come from the east. It's a fairly long story. Tonight, uh, in other Christmas times, I would normally share a lot of it. Really all I wanna do tonight is share with you what I feel like God has been teaching me this Christmas. Uh, And it's actually four verses, shorter but maybe deeper, four verses and four big thoughts tonight. As a church community over this last month, we've been exploring the idea of how when Jesus comes, he brings light in the midst of darkness. Some of this has been calling out the ideas and philosophies of our culture um, that are unhelpful, Uh, Some of it has been more personal. Uh, We've seen darkness in our own life. Maybe closer to home and more personal, we as an individual people, we deal with a deep, inconsolable hole within our soul. What I mean by that is we know that something is missing. There's a darkness in the world. It's not so much seen, but can you feel it? I feel like something's missing. I feel like I have a hopelessness that I know I need to change, but I don't have the power to do it myself. I know I live a chaotic, frantic, frazzled pace of life, and I know in my heart that I have no peace. We can feel in our hearts that we're meant to experience love and joy and contentment, yet we experience a life that seems joyless. We feel like we're missing it, and we know there must be a better way. For some of you here tonight, in review of your last year, Maybe you can name your darkness. Sickness, grief, loss, loneliness, failure, addiction, the list could go on. Maybe you can name it. Some of you may be like, wow, Galen, we uh, way to get all dark on Christmas. You know, it's supposed to be about sugar cookies and joy and songs. Yet honestly, as I prepared for tonight, I felt like God, what God wanted me to share with you today, or at least a few of you today, that if you're experiencing the darkness, I know it can be hard to come into a space like this and joy to the world, because you carry the weight of that darkness. Tonight, I wanna speak to you to let you know that Jesus is light, the reason for Christmas, he's come just for you. As I've been praying for you, this has been my prayer for you tonight. The people that would walk in darkness might see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. If you're in the dark today, I've been praying that you would experience a light, not because the music's good or the message was good, but that you could turn to Jesus and he could bring a glimpse of hope and light to you in your world. We're gonna be looking from Matthew chapter one. If you wanna follow along, you can do that there. We'll get there in just a moment. Uh, Before we read, I want you to think about this. So we're gonna jump into the story where uh, the angel is visiting Joseph. I want you to picture for a moment uh, Joseph and put yourself in his shoes, okay? You are recently engaged to a young woman who you're planning on spending the rest of your life with. Some of you have experienced, can you sense and remember the joy, the excitement, the picturing of all the life to come? Mary's already taken the picture, posted on Instagram. Everybody knows about it. It's gonna be a great wedding ceremony. Maybe you and Mary have sat down and begun to plan, you know. Her family's excited, your family's excited. What are you gonna eat at the wedding venue? Like, you are planning the rest of your life to get excitement. And then one day, everything changes. Mary walks in, hey, uh, Joseph, can you sit down? I, I gotta tell you something. 
Oh, you like, you were looking at different venues and you found one at a discount? Like, what is it, Mary? Hey, Joseph, I'm pregnant. Okay, um, well, I know me and you, I know it's not my child, uh, Mary. Whose child is this? Can you picture it? You sense the tension in the room? Mary's like, well, here's the hardest thing, and I I don't really think you're going to believe this, but like, the baby's from God. The Holy Spirit, an angel showed up, let me tell you, and you can almost hear her trying to explain everything. What do you do if you're Joseph? If it's me, I'm sitting there like, "Uh uh-huh, the God, what's his name? What's his real name? Tell me, Mary. Who is this baby from? And then your mind goes to the next step. Man, our whole families, our whole community was ready to celebrate with us. Mary, what have you done? Shame on your family and my family and Mary, are we, am I going to go through with this? By law, Joseph could, and this is drastic Old Testament law, Mary could be killed for what she has done. She's entered into the legal contract of marriage and has been unfaithful. Joseph could have, but Joseph's a good guy, honorable, it seems. And it says he's made up in his mind not to have this done, but instead just to break it off quietly, right? Uh, Mary, I'm not, we're not going to do this thing. You've been unfaithful. How can I trust you again? In this moment, this tension, if you will, an angel appears to Joseph in a dream. This is where we pick up this story. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I kind of picture Joseph in his dream being like, man, are women always right? She was telling the truth. Are you kidding me? It's true. It goes on. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This was a promise given almost 700 years before. It's coming place to fulfill all that God has planned and promised. Today, four big thoughts that I want to challenge you with and have you wrestle with. The first one is simple. God is with us. This is what we celebrate at Christmas, that God draws near. You see it in the last line here. You're gonna conceive and give birth to a son. They will call him the world, not necessarily you, but everyone who experiences him. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Here's an interesting thought for you. If you could name yourself or your own nickname, what would you want to be known as? God, in sending his son, says, listen, I want to be known as the one who is with you. Here's what's interesting. Every other worldview, belief, um, whatever you want to call it, religious thought, uh, always has some kind of deity or God or gods at the top of it where we need to do better, work harder, be good people, and maybe hopefully one day obtain favor with whoever's at the top. Christianity is the only religion where the God in the heavens says, no, I'm going to become creation myself. I will walk in their shoes, quite literally. I will experience all that they know. I will come and save them. It's not based on what they do or if they're good people or if they've done enough. I'm going to make a way so that they can know me and experience life forever. Some of us think, well, all kind of religions lead to the same place, right? Christianity is vastly different. We serve a God who decides to come near to us. 
The reason I wanted to highlight this today, some of you need to know tonight, God will never leave you or forsake you. If you turn to him, he is with you no matter who you are or what you have done or what you are going through right now. He is God with us. Hebrews says, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with us. He has lived the human experience. He has done everything. Uh, He has experienced everything that we experience too. So if you're in a place tonight where you're saying, I am struggling, I'm in the dark, I'm suffering, where is God in this? You say, he knows what you're going through. And more importantly, do you realize God could have come on a white horse and snapped his fingers and made everything right? What's the, oh man, is it Thanos, the guy from Marvel Avengers? The super powerful guy that, and everything changes? If God is more powerful than that, and obviously he is, he could have fixed things like that. Why would he choose to be born of a virgin, become a baby, to experience what we go through, but then the way he did it, suffering on a cross, experiencing suffering and death before proving himself victorious in the resurrection. Why? I think so that when we suffer, we know he, he understands, he knows, and he is with us, and he cares deeply. As a pastor, I can say, uh, I'm so sorry you're at where you're at today. Uh, I may not be able to empathize with you, but I know one who can, and he is with you today. And the second big idea tonight is closely related. Not only is he with us, but his presence changes everything. His presence should change our perspective. Again, think about Joseph for a second. So Mary, we're planning this life, and uh, I can almost see like when we get married, uh, maybe we'll have like a five-year plan, right? Before we have kids, we'll like jump on a camel and travel the Middle East for five years and experience all of life. Then we'll come home and start a family, or you know, maybe we'll build an addition onto my parents' home, and that's where we'll live. Like, let's drop the plans, Mary. He's got a plan. All of a sudden when she says, I'm pregnant, those plans change his perspective. When the angel says, no, 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 don't be afraid, go ahead and do this thing, the plan has changed. It has changed his perspective. Let me ask you, some of you uh, that are parents, when you heard the news or took the test and it said, we're pregnant, did that not change your view in the moment? Or the first time you held that baby, you thought, oh my goodness, someone entrusted me to keep this tiny human alive, what were they thinking? Changes your perspective. For me, it's these three. Um, I don't have triplets. This is all when they were younger. Um, but I remember the very first time you hold them and they're looking back in your eyes. Oh, it changes things. I'd say it this way. Who is with you matters and who is with you changes your perspective. When I'm holding my son, he's the one on the far right, he's four months old now. When I'm holding him, it changes my perspective. I used to have nice shirts Now it's a shirt that's been spit up on. It's changed my perspective. I used to look around our home and be like, look at all the pretty decorations, and now my perspective, look at all the choking hazards around this place, right? I used to look around and be like, I have a good friend named Sleep, but now he is with me, and I have no more sleep, no more friend. Not only in the negative sense, but in the positive as well. Because he is with me, I experience joy in a new way. Joy used to be whatever makes me laugh. And now joy is whatever I can do to make him giggle. That's where I experience joy, because he is with me. I thought I used to know the fullness of love, but now my perspective has changed because he is with me. 
Whoever is with you probably changes your priorities, your values, your schedule, your investment, your entire life. So if Jesus is with you, what, the, what could that mean? Unlike me or Joseph and a baby, it's something far, far different. I do picture Joseph a little bit walking around late at night like, Jesus, I know you've come to like save the world and that's great, could you just sleep through the night for a moment, please? But what if it's not a baby? If Jesus is who he says he is, and he is the savior of the world, and he is powerful, and his death and resurrection proven himself victorious over all evil, sin, uh, sickness, the grave, He's victorious, he's the creator of everything we see. He's gonna come back again and make everything right. He's able to save and powerful. If he is with us, should that change things? It's one thing to think, oh, God is with me, God loves me. It's a whole different thing to think, wait, it's him who is with me. Him who can change things, who can make a difference. And this thought tonight, what I want it to do for you is to develop almost a holy defiance. For when you're in the midst of a struggle or you're like, how can I keep going or this is so difficult or will this ever end, I have no hope. Instead to have a holy defiance. To say, because he is with me, ah, things are different. The darkness will not win. It didn't in Jesus' day. And it doesn't have to today either. I will never give up because he is with me and he is able to save. Because he is with me, I will fear no evil as Psalm says, because he is with me. I know there's got to be more to my story. God is just not done writing it yet. Because he is with me, I know I have a hope that things will not always be this way. Because he is with me, I know that I am not alone. Because he is with me, I have a light that leads to life and on into eternity. So while things here may steal my health or my peace or my joy, I have a hope it is certain. Because he is with me, I will not despair in the dark, for I do not live by my own strength, for he is with me. It changes our perspective. Third thing today, Jesus saves. We read from this, you're going to give birth to a son, Joseph, you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, again, if you're a God and you're choosing to name your child, what is it that you would want to be communicated in and through a name? Jesus is the Greek version of a Hebrew word, Joshua, which means Yahweh is salvation. God is our salvation. It's literally what Jesus' name means. God wanted it to be known. Jesus isn't going to just tell us the way to be saved. Jesus himself is the way to be saved. Jesus means he comes to save. Jesus saves those who are in the dark. I want to take just a moment tonight and, and say this. I think many of us grew up in a, um, in a home or in an environment that had a lot of religious legalism. Like, you must do this, you must appear this way, you must not mess up, you must be perfect. And I believe it's probably people with the best intentions. But because of that, we've developed a completely erroneous idea. We think, well, if I've done bad things, if they ever found out about me, I do these things that nobody else knows about, I have these thoughts that, man, talk about relationship with God, I don't think God would want anything to do with me. Because I haven't lived up to that standard I've tried to watch on others or pretended to have around others. Why would God want to save me? This is a terrible, it's common, it's for all of us. I want to tell you tonight, I get angry about it. 
This is a terrible perspective because here's the message of Christmas. It's for people that think like that, that Jesus came. Jesus didn't come to be like, oh, let's hang out with the religious elite, the people that have it all together. Let's throw a party. Look how good we are. We're so much better than everybody else. You know who Jesus chastises the most? Those people. You know who Jesus says he came for? Oh, not the healthy, but for the sick. For those that feel broken, that feel lost, that feel distant from God, that need hope, this is why Christmas has come. You do not disqualify yourself, don't do it, from his grace. For he wants to draw near and give it to you anyway. I would also add on to the back part of this. Jesus is not a reward for good people who have done mostly good lives, lived mostly good lives. Um, I I call it this, and this sounds weird at first, but I promise it'll make sense in a second. We live according to that thought, most of us. We live according to the gospel of Santa Claus, okay? Hear me on this, that's why I say this. Santa's pretty simple. If you're good, you get good gifts. If you're bad, you get coal, right? Naughty or nice, Santa is a just man. (laughs) How you have lived, that is what you will get in return. I remember as a young boy, I loved this idea of the naughty and the nice, the good get what's good, the bad get what's bad. I loved it because I had an older brother. Uh, This is a a picture of my brother and I uh, this last spring uh, at his wedding. You know, when you see this picture, you see a chiseled jawline, you see a nice jacket, uh, one guy obviously more handsome than the other, (laughs) and then you see my brother. There he is. Just kidding. It's terrible. I'm sorry. I did that so he can watch it online later. It'll be fun. He's four years older than me, and he was always bigger than me, and even when I got bigger than him, well, he's military trained, so that didn't work out very well. And I remember being a very young boy, and it was just normal brotherhood, like beat up on each other, have fun. But I remember as Christmas was approaching, there's no way he's on the nice list. There's no way. And he's going to get what he deserves. But this Santa guy, I don't know if he's a guy of grace or not. I'm going to make sure he gets what he deserves. I knew my dad, uh, he cooks, he barbecues um, with charcoal. So I go into the garage, and I grab a bag, I put charcoal in a bag, and I come back out, I'm like, if Santa's not gonna do it, I'm gonna do it myself. And I put it in my brother's stocking. And I'm like, when he wakes up, he's gonna get what's coming to him. We wake up, we go out there, I have the gift I was hoping for, I was elated, but more than that, I'm looking to see what my brother got. And you believe what that big jolly man did? He gave him what he wanted. Unbelievable, you know what Santa gave him? My family growing up, the men, we like to hunt together. Santa gave him a shotgun. I'm like, you give someone on the naughty, this does not, no, Santa, no. <laughs> Hear me on this. Most of us live according to the idea. Well, I'm not a perfect person, but I'm a good person, right? And at least I'm not like them. So if I'm mostly a good person, then God should, because I'm good, right? Not like those other evil people. Those other evil people, they can probably, yeah. The message of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, is not the same thing as Santa. Scripture says we have all fallen short. We have all sinned. It's not about good and bad. It's we're all in this together. At some point, we have all turned our back on God. We've all made terrible, willful choices against what God would want for us. It brings chaos, destruction, and death into the world. And we're all in the same boat here. We have all sinned. But yet God in his grace. It's not good and bad. It's sinners in need of a savior. 
And we have a Savior who's able to take sinners and turn them into saints. And most of you think, I'd never think of myself as a saint, but once you start to walk the road, Jesus, I'm yours. Do with me what you want, and he begins to point out little things in your life. Hey, I want to address this. I want to do this. And you're like, I don't know if I should do this. And you begin to walk with him. It leads to life. Let me say it this way. The road to death is filled with little bursts of life. Well, if I do this, this is fun. It's a party. Woo, let's do it. And you wake up in regret and in shame. And the more you do them, the more they compound on one another. And it feels like little bursts of life, but you're on the way to death. The opposite. The way to life, it feels like almost there's little deaths on the way. Well, I kind of want to do this, and God is saying, actually, instead of yourself, could you serve someone else? Instead of piling up more for yourself, could you be generous to somebody? You're like, I don't like, I don't know. But yet, if you do it, you experience life, and not just in eternity, but here as well. The gospel of Jesus is that we are sinners, but God in rich mercy and grace says, I will come be with you, dwell with you. Not only to be born of the baby, but to die, uh, sin, to take on our sin on himself on the cross. Scripture says, he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we could experience the life of God, we could be made right with him, experience the righteousness of God. So he can give us life, he can actually save us, change us, and transform us. It's a completely different gospel. Some of us, maybe even here tonight, need to turn. Turn to the author of life. Turn to the one who has created you and put breath in your lungs. Turn to the one who wants a relationship with you, because if you don't, you will never experience peace and contentment. He has made you to know him and to be known by him. Which brings us to my final big idea tonight. We must name Jesus, naming Jesus. There's an interesting, this was a new thought for me this Christmas. We read in here, the angel is talking to Joseph. Mary will give birth to a son. Joseph, you are to name him Jesus. And normally we just read right on past that. Well, Jesus, for he will be the forgiveness of sins, right? It's awesome. Joseph, you are to name him Jesus. Why? See, uh, I learned something new, and that is simply this. Naming in that day and culture reflects ownership. Some of you have done this. You've had a baby at the hospital, and you have to, like, write down the baby's name on the paper before you leave. Some of you struggled with that. I mean, you had nine months to think about it, but here we are, and now we don't know. What are we going to name this child? Because it's your baby. Some of you looked at each other. Sorry, didn't mean to stir anything up there. It's your baby, you get to choose. There's ownership. If you have land or if you have a house, you could call it whatever you want, it's yours. It's a symbol of ownership. For Joseph to name Jesus, there's significance here. Number one, he'd be faithfully obeying God, doing what the angel told him to do. If he does, he'll be fulfilling all of the prophecies from a thousand years earlier that the Savior will come and be in the line of David because Joseph is from David. Now watch this. By Joseph naming him, means he's adopting Jesus. He's saying, you are not my child, but I will bring you home with me. I will make room in my heart and in my home for Jesus to live with me. The angel says, Joseph, will you do this? Friends, for us today, have you made room in your heart and in your life and in your home for Jesus to live? Now, when you make that decision, it can be made in a second, but it will change the future of your life forever as you walk with 
him? Have you made him your own? You'd say, I am his and he is mine. Because he is with me, he is changing everything about my life. If you're not in that place today, you can be. Here is the invitation straight from scripture. If you're walking in darkness without a ray of light, no hope, trust in the Lord and rely on your God. I have come, this is Jesus, as a light to shine in this dark world so that all that put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. And Jesus, one more time, I am the light of the world. Listen, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness for you have the light that leads to life. Friend, if you're in the dark this year, you can try anything you want, everything else. Light comes from Jesus. Hope, peace, love, joy come from Jesus. Would you make room for him and say, Jesus, I accept you. I realize I've turned my back on you. I realize that I have sinned, and I've caused shame and damage to me, myself, my family, my community. I'm in need of a savior. Jesus, come and save me. Change and transform me. Give me a new life, a new hope, a new future. Could you say that today? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I want you to pray with me. First, tonight, I want you to recognize God is here. God is with us. Do you believe that he is close? Not only is he with us, but that should change our perspective. Do you live with God on board in your life, God with you where you know his power can make a difference, even right now and what you're going through? If you don't, maybe you would call on him, for this is the Jesus who saves. Can you say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, save me. Jesus, give me a new hope, a new future, a new life. I need a way out. I need your love. I need to be transformed. I need grace. And if you do, if you call on his name, scripture is very clear. He is faithful and just. He will forgive you of your sins, wash you whiter than snow, remove your sin, your shame, your guilt, exchange death for life. The picture is baptism. That now you live a new life for God, being washed clean, living for him, with his spirit not only with you, but living within you to share his love for the world. All heads bowed and eyes closed in this place. Friend, if you're here today and you'd say, I need the reminder that God is with me. I feel like I'm alone in the dark. Nobody else is looking. Just as a sign of recognition between you and God, would you slip up your hand and say, Jesus, I need your hope. I need your light. Right now, you say, Jesus, I need your hope and light. Would you raise your hand? God, you are the one who brings us hope. You are the one that brings life. Bring your light that leads to life to these tonight. Friends, if you're here tonight and you'd say, I've, uh, you know, I've always believed in God, but I don't have a relationship with him. I've been far away from him. But maybe this Christmas would turn a new page in your life and in your story and in your family story. Say, God, I believe that you've come to draw near. I believe that you've come to save me. God, forgive me of my sin and make me new. Is that you tonight? In a moment, I'd ask you to simply raise your hand. Say, Jesus, I want to live for you. Come near, forgive me, make me new. 
If that's you tonight, friend, would you simply raise your hand in this moment? Jesus, forgive us of our sin. Make us new. Wash us clean. and Make us into who you want us to be. Jesus, we're thankful for your grace and your mercy that you care enough to come at Christmas, to be near, to love us well. Jesus, we love you in response. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us for the First Naz podcast. If you're interested in what your next step in growing your relationship with God might look like, I'd encourage you to visit us at firstnaz.cc engage, or you can download our app from the app store, First Nazarene Church. And there you can let us know if you've made a decision for Jesus, or you can also find practical resources to help you grow closer to Jesus. I'd also invite you to subscribe to the podcast if you're not already to make sure that you've always got the latest content. And if you want to, feel free to share this on your social accounts. You never know who else might need to hear today's message as well. Well, thanks again for joining us. Have a great day.